I was having my heart attack and I was Googling quizzes to see if I was heart, having a heart attack and texting my, my coworker who's a medical assistant who's begging me to go to the hospital because I'm just like, nah, I have anxiety. It's nothing. My LAD, my Widowmaker, was 99% blocked. If I was a few years older, it would have killed me. I could have avoided the heart attack if I would have done something, I guess, but I didn't. I'm a bad patient. Genetics isn't always black and white, and the emotions and decisions surrounding genetic testing can be even more complex. Welcome to Patient Stories with Gray Genetics. I'm Eleanor Griffith, a certified genetic counselor and the founder of Gray Genetics, a telehealth genetic counseling and consulting service. It seems like there are constantly headlines in the news about genetics, but few news stories focus on the patient experience. At Gray Genetics, we are collecting patient stories, your stories. Every other Tuesday, we share an interview with a patient or a genetic counselor. I've been battling high cholesterol my whole life. My, my brother, my mother, all of us. Um, it, it just We just thought we just had this crazy aggressive high cholesterol. I didn't know FH was even a thing. But honestly, I wasn't taking anything serious until my heart attack. Because I just didn't think it was going to happen to me. Franamelo Gamela is a young mother of two living with familial hypercholesterolemia. She was diagnosed with FH in her mid-20s, but it wasn't until she had a heart attack at age 31 that she became really serious about her medical care. She works as a medical assistant in a primary care practice setting and is passionate about raising awareness for FH. So yeah, when you initially reached out to me, um, you told me that you had uh, the homozygous form of familial hypercholesterolemia, right? And you'd had... A heart attack when you were 31 and two stents. Is that how you learned that you well, had FH? Well, actually, we, I've been battling high cholesterol my whole life. My, my brother, my mother, all of us. Um, it, it just We just thought we just had this crazy aggressive high cholesterol. I didn't know FH was even a thing until probably I was, I want to say, like maybe 28, 27 or 28. Or no, actually, I'm lying to you because I had my... My little one, I'm 33 and she's six and I knew before her. So somewhere around like 25, 26, my cardiologist, just not through genetic testing, just from history, family history and numbers, I guess, uh, he actually discovered it and had put me on juxtapid. I don't know if you were familiar with that. No, not at all. It's an oral uh, PCSK9, I guess. uh, And I started that, but... I'm a bad patient, so I didn't really follow up with it completely. And then I got pregnant with the little one, and you can't take so many things when you're pregnant with, for cholesterol. And I let it go. Um, and then, so I knew about it, basically. I, no, I could have avoided the heart attack if I would have done something, I guess, but I didn't. Yeah. When you're, you're a cardiologist when you were 25 or 26 and he made that diagnosis, do you know, was he making that just based on looking at high, how high your cholesterol Yeah, uh, it was totally, totally based off of my blood work and my family history. Okay. And did you, because when you emailed me, you said you have homozygous um, FH. So have you had, is that diagnosis based on just like your, yeah, how high your st- levels are? Yeah, just the aggressiveness of the gene. I, I also have some lipoprotein A deficiency. I'm not too positive on, on what the issue is with the lipoprotein A, but they think that that might be making it even more aggressive, I guess, at this rate. Okay, okay. But it sounds like you ha- you haven't actually had... Not me, no. Yet. My daughter did, okay. and she is positive for okay. FH. Okay. Um, yeah, it was... I mean, it's interesting because, you know, with FH in principle, if you're homozygous, then you have mutations in uh, both copies right. of 
edging. So then I guess, you know, your your daughter would be, we'd say, like an obligate carrier. Did you did you expect that? Like, did I you honestly, I really, I didn't. Uh, she looks nothing like me. I have two kids. My <laughs> oldest is my, like, a, a clone of me. Um, and this little one is just not. I have dark hair, dark eyes, dark skin. She's blonde hair, blue eyed, like my mother-in-law. And I just really, really, really just was not expecting it and we actually um my brother has it and one of his twins has it and when she got genetically confirmed positive they sent out free testing kits to the immediate family members the children and so i did it really just to kind of just to do it because it came to the house i really wasn't expecting either one of them to have it and she came back positive and then i did lab work and i was floored i really even at that rate with the the positive genetic confirmation i wasn't expecting it to be as high as it was yeah yeah um so you ended up at that point because of those free testing kits yeah for for the baby because honestly i would have just been maybe i I guess i would i would like to say i would have been checking her cholesterol at some point anyway because that's like the normal thing to do but honestly the, the the more you know the worse it is I think I would have avoided it for like my 14 year old I haven't done her blood in a long time because I just it's it's so horrible I, I don't know I, I I think I would have avoided it honestly so in the grand scheme of things that it it's going to hopefully save her from going through anything I have gone through in my life Right. She can just have more, We could just do early prevention because care. what happened to me according to my cardiologist is uh, you know because I was at, at the point of my heart attack a year or two into aggressively treating treating it with a PCSK9 and my numbers had been significantly better than they had ever been ever and um, it was just too late and there must have been like a piece of hard plaque or something that broke off and and uh, and, and it caused the, the clots to form yeah so at this point um, you so your daughter who's six years old has been tested and you said your oldest your older child's 14 you has also been tested yes no? and she was negative um, which okay. she had blood work done when she was five and her levels were normal so my lipidologist had told me that even if she did come back with her levels high at this point you would know it was diet because they would have been high when she was five and I really didn't grasp that until I saw my little one's numbers at six and I was like excuse me language she's right you know if Julia had this at that age it would have been so much worse than she was right and my one niece who does have it has like all these food allergies and so she does not eat high fat at all anything and and that's how you know even more so that it is really just this genetic abnormality because her she's a twin and they're eating exactly the same things they're both going by this allergies these allergies that she has and her cholesterol is different you know I mean so Right. It's, it's, it's odd, you know, odd. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you actually, you had testing done at the same time as your children. Yeah. Um, did they find that you carried two mutations? No, I still haven't done the genetic testing for me. I don't know why, honestly, I'm just kind of the lipid lady's like, I'm going to bring a kit the next time you see, I see you, but (laughs) I don't know. We just haven't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if she doesn't want to put it on my record, like, officially because of, uh, like, life insurance kind of thing. I really, I don't know. But we've yet to, yeah. you know, I don't know. But it's, it's genetically, it's there. My brother was 29 when he had the bypass. My mother 40 was premenopausal. You know, yeah. uh, I had a very rough pregnancy with the little one. The lipid lady tells me now that it was probably just my body's first signs of heart disease. <laughs> mm. Yeah. 
So let's, I mean, usually um, we kind of jumped right into this and we have done one interview previously with someone who had FH and I think you listened to that interview. I did. That was almost a year yeah. ago. Um, but for people who don't know, so what are we talking about? What is, <laughs> what is FH? Um, you want to, uh, can I explain it to you the way I explain it to my six-year-old? Um, that would be perfect. Because she's, she's so, honestly, she's very confused by this whole thing. She's scared. Um, when we went to the specialist, she unfortunately was in the room and heard a lot of things that really left a mark on her. And I'll find her going to put cereal in her bowl and ask me, you know, is this okay for my heart? Is this okay for my cholesterol? It's saddening. Mm-hmm. It breaks my heart. So I tried to explain her. She wears these pants and they have... They're black with glitter on them, okay? And I say the glitter is the cholesterol. Everybody has cholesterol in their body. Some people make more than other people. And we have a body part called the liver that's supposed to help us take out the bad parts of the cholesterol because some of it is good. And unfortunately, our liver just doesn't do what it's supposed to do. And we don't get rid of the bad cholesterol. It stays just like the good ones do. So I tell her, just imagine your glitter pieces being a little chunkier and chubbier and maybe your pants are like more sparkly than they are black where you know daddy i use my husband because he's healthy daddy's arteries are just little speckles of cholesterol and me and you have a little bit more so we just have to work harder to keep it thinner that's the best way for me to describe it but in the medical field i tell my patients you know the bad cholesterol my liver doesn't process it out and so that's the PCSK9 has to activate these things that are blocking my liver from processing out the bad. I keep it all. Mm. I'm greedy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, is, is it hard for your daughter to have the analogy? It's um, so hard for her. Because negative like, be like glitter? Yeah. yeah like, you know, glitter is a good thing, it, right? It just, <laughs> they, she happened to have those pants on that day. And I was like, this is the best way for me to tell you. You know, your, your black pant is your, is your, your blood. And this glitter stuff is your cholesterol. And she's like, so daddy doesn't have any glitter? And I'm like, no, daddy has normal glitter. And me and you have like lots and lots of glitter. Like so much you can't see through it, you know? And she's like, oh, okay. (laughs) She hasn't had a salami sandwich since we left the nutritionist. She will only have peanut butter because it's a healthy fat. I mean, it's sad when you hear a small child so consumed by something. And, and, And she'll say to my husband, daddy, do you have cholesterol? How's your cholesterol? Does your liver have cholesterol? Like, she's going to be so versed in this when she gets older. And that's really what this is about, is I just want to spread awareness. Because if my mom would have known that it wasn't just, this was just the way it was going to be, then I would have never had my heart attack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, definitely it seems like, you know, your daughter has more to deal with and think about than any six-year-old should. Yeah. But at the same time, like, so good i mean even for people who don't have fh probably all of us should grow up with a better of knowing of, of it healthy for absolutely. us absolutely <laughs> that's what i told her you know? i said it's it's even if you didn't you shouldn't be wanting to eat that every day anyway so this is a better reason yeah um what's is it hard for her to say no to things that your older child might be able to to eat honestly that, not that too much the age the age difference is so vast between them uh, it's almost like they're just like, nah. I mean, there, there's a lot of competition, but not, my older, she's she's 14. She's like a semi-adult. She's always in a room. Yeah, <laughs> on her yeah, phone. basically. Yeah. Um, so I know when we when we emailed a little bit, um, I was I was at. Are you familiar with the testing company 23 and? I am. I actually. I know you mentioned it, and then I did hear from somebody else. My sister was saying, I think, that that I know I bought my sister-in-law a kit 
for Christmas, the, the regular one, and I saw that it had all these genetic health risk ones on it. I haven't heard much about it, though. Yeah, they so they offer, I mean, they some people just buy ancestry testing through them, but there's an option to pay, I think it's always more, yeah. but for a genetic health risk report. And new something that's fairly recent is they've started to report out some variants related to familial hypercholesterolemia. Um, and I, I think they're only reporting out for most for most diseases when they add them to the report. Um, it's a few variants; it's not comprehensive at all. Right. So a lot of people in genetics are usually leery, right? Because <laughs> the the residual risk is so high, and people can walk away with a sense that you know they've that they've they've tested negative when that might be misleading. right, like a lot of but false this, negatives. I get that. Yeah, but at the same time, so they're reporting on, I think, 24 of maybe a 1,000 possible variants, and there's still, you know, the potential that someone would have one or more variants come back that, that might be helpful to them. So I don't know. I'm just curious, like, how you how you feel about the fact that that's now included on their, on their report. I think that that's fantastic because early prevention is, is where it's at, you know? Um, like, I just went to my cardiologist last week, and he said to me, we were discussing medications and things, and he said, but I fixed you. You know, the problem is fixed. And, and people who don't know that there's a problem to get fixed beforehand, if they're not young enough or they don't have good enough health, it's going to kill them, and you don't want to die, you know? Uh, so mm-hmm. I think if you're just, you want to see so bad what your ancestry is from, that people should be more focused on the genetics behind that. Because it's great if you're 100% Italian, but it's not great if it's going to kill you, you know, with your cholesterol. I'm yeah. just... Are you 100% Italian? Oh, I, I am, and I, I'm kind of <laughs> leery of doing one of these tests because I'm so worried it's going to tell me otherwise. But I, it wouldn't change my outlook on life or my tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um... Yeah, how, so I mean, familial hypercholesterolemia is pretty common. I think affects about one in 200 people. Is that is that the number that you use? I will tell you that I see more of it here in the office now that I'm aware of the diagnosis to the point where my mm-hmm. doctor, will, my boss will even be like, I think he's got what you've got. Like we, we do, we are more aware of it now. We see a lot more of it now where I think, you know, before the diagnosis, I would just be like, oh, yeah, he's got some high cholesterol, too. Oh, he's overweight. He's got some fatty liver. Uh, it, it's definitely more prevalent. And it's people that you wouldn't even know. I mean, I remember when I had my heart attack, my husband told his coworkers, and they said, what? Is your wife overweight? Like, people just imagine this thing, you know, and I'm, I'm like, not even five feet tall, 120 pounds. So when people see me, they're like, you have cholesterol? Well, what am I just supposed to look like a big ball of fat? Yeah, I've got nothing but fat in my veins. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's really what it, it's just, there is no, there's no way to know on the outside. Right. What, um, I mean, for you working as a medical assistant in a healthcare setting, like being more aware of this, what do you do differently or encourage doctors you work with to do differently to, I tell to better identify these people? All my patients, honestly, I, I tell everybody that they should go for a cardiac workup. Everybody. Even if they feel 100% because it's great. I'm great that, you know, I'm happy that you feel like a million bucks. Go get yourself checked out. And this way, God forbid you ever don't feel well, you have a normal to rely back to. Um, but I do just try to make cholesterol so much more more important to people uh, and I'll tell them and I'm always like you know I'm sorry and I don't mean to give you a horror story but had a heart attack when I was 31 because my cholesterol was bad my whole life you know and then I go into it and I'm like but I have a genetic disorder and this this and that and you know but when I see people who have blood work so similar to the way mine was I almost immediately send them to my lipid lady 
Yeah. I do. Because I just, honestly, I, I want to be such an advocate. And I, I don't care if I scare half the world. I'd rather you be safe than sorry. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, what, what kind of levels are you talking about? Because a lot of people do have. Oh, like any kind know, of LDL higher. over 250, you really need to be worried you know i mean if you're if uh-huh. it's just their their ldls specifically and the total then i'm like oh this guy's definitely got like some fh going on but when you see their triglycerides are really high too or their hdl is really low you're like okay maybe he's just got a really horrible eating habit and we can tweak it with some statins and some meds i'll always give somebody three months to come back and see where they're at um but i have had people with like ldls and stuff in the thousands in the 800s and then we're like you just have to go to a cardio you can't play this game Lipitor is not going to help you. We'll be back with Fran's story in just a minute. Patient Stories is an ad-free podcast and is unaffiliated with any commercial genetic testing laboratories. We would like to keep it that way. You can now donate to Patient Stories online by going to graygenetics.com slash podcast slash donate. If you don't want to make a monetary donation but still want to support the show in another way, leaving a review on iTunes or sharing our episodes through social media also makes a big difference. Backing up to when you had a cardiologist when you were 25 or 26 who said, you know, this is what you have, you need to be on this medication, this is what you need to do. Do you think he could have said that to you in a different way I'm gonna, that would have made you a more compliant you know what, patient? You know what the issue was with him, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm still very friendly with him, and I still love him very much. He worked down the hall from me at that moment. He, uh, he was very lax with my family because we had been switching from cardiologists who were doing an abundance of over-testing. And so this guy was my friend, and I would go down there, and we would chat, and he would give me my prescription, but he knew I was non-compliant, and he, he never really drove it home he just kept telling me you know with your family history you can't play one time he opened the window he said just jump out because that's what you're doing you're playing with fire but you know i think whenever you work with somebody they don't really take you serious i don't know if i'm you know i don't know and and still to this day i i don't ever hold it against him because he did tell me hey you have to lose a little bit of weight hey you have to get these numbers down but he never told me this is going to give you a heart attack you're not safe you know i had this preconceived notion where women have estrogen that protects them from heart disease well I found out after the fact his partner who I now see regularly who did my procedures said to me women who are not pre-exposed to heart disease have protection from estrogen you are pre-exposed you're carrying a genetic disorder see that was never touched upon before the heart attack yeah but honestly I wasn't taking anything serious until my heart attack right because I just didn't think it was going to happen to me the more you know the worse of a patient you are I was having my heart attack and I was Googling quizzes to see if I was having a heart attack and texting my my coworker who's a medical assistant who's begging me to go to the hospital because I'm just like, nah, I have anxiety. It's nothing. Well, that's, I mean, I'm sure you know a lot more about this than I do, um, but it's like something that I I feel like has gotten more attention in recent years, just the idea that heart attacks present differently. Yes, and and that's something that I I spread so much of too because the, the warning signs are so different. So what, like, what are, what signs were you having and were you Googling? So, well, it started on a Sunday, like, mid-afternoon, and I think if I had done something about it immediately, I probably, I didn't have the heart attack, actually, until Monday morning, so my heart must have just been trying to work so hard for that 24-hour period, um, but I had, like, it was almost like somebody drew a line from my elbows and my breasts, like, straight across that area there, up. From that area up, I had pins and needles, almost, like, felt like bugs were crawling on my skin. I, If I told you I just didn't feel normal I don't know if that would make sense like my body felt 
odd. It it just was something was not right, like like a spidey sense, like I was tingling. And uh, we lived right by a train station. My husband wanted to go walk and get some dinner. So as we were walking, I had this pain in my face. You know, when they say jaw pain, I just knew it wasn't my teeth. And it was on exertion. And again, you know, I do this for a living. I'm not unintelligent. I'm actually very intelligent. So I'm like, oh, shit. You know, as I'm exerting myself, it's getting more prevalent. I feel the pins and needles more. I'm a little short of breath. I had a little bit of pain in the one arm. Nothing crazy, nothing radiating down, just like wing pain. You know, if I said my wings, uh, my shoulder blades, I guess, just a little bit of that bilaterally. So again, I'm like, meh, it's nothing, you know, no big deal. My girlfriend's going, don't, don't play that game. You know, your family history, don't play. And I'm, ah, I'm all right. I get to the, the place we eat dinner. I'm fine. I feel okay. Maybe a little winded. I eat a whole meal, my dear. <laughs> we walk back to the train and as I walk back to the train I'm feeling it again and this time now the more I walk the harder the pain is but then once I get home I, I felt a little better and I just whatever blew it off and as I slept all night I kept waking up to take deep breaths and feel if I still felt that tingly pain and it was still there and then in the morning I woke up and, and my husband goes to work very early and my oldest daughter sleeps at, at that point was sleeping at my parents house a lot because she just didn't want to be home with us and it was just the two of us the little one and I remember sitting outside on my porch in my bra and my pajama bottoms because I was halfway dressed it was so hot and I had this crushing pain in my chest and I had to go sit outside and take a, a breather and I called to my brother and I said to him you know when you had all the burning and everything in the in, in your chest how did it make you feel and it wasn't the same at all but my brother never had a heart attack either he had burning when he worked out and we sent him for a stress test that was how they found his so he said well with us you know don't don't take any risks call the cardiologist when I got to school for my daughter and I walked up the stairs I couldn't breathe and I was pale and the teacher was like are you okay and I just wanted to get out of there and not have them do anything to me in front of my daughter so I drove to work I don't really remember much um, I'm like oh, I'm definitely having a cardiac event my best friend did an EKG on me and the first one actually printed out normal and then I had that horrible pain again and she hit it again and I heard my boss whispering to her and I thought I was dying because this man will make you work on your deathbed um, and so I called my cardiologist they said go over to the ER and she brought me, and I think at that point it was still more nerves than anything, but I had this horrible crushing pain on my back, like my chest where my heart is, but on the back side. Hmm. Horrible. And um, when I got into the ER, they did blood work, and the troponin level was up, and he said, well, with your history and the fact that your troponin level is elevated, we're going to do the catheterization, and I'll tell you, you know, you have to be awake for that. I, I literally, my LAD, my Widowmaker, was 99% blocked. If I was a few years older, it would have killed me. And I can tell you that when he inserted that stent and I saw that blood flowing th back through the artery, I literally, that was when the pain went away. Like, I felt it. I watched him fix me and open me up. It was, it was, hmm. it was the most surreal experience of my life. Huh. And after that, you became a compliant. And after that, I'm like, I'm never <laughs> doing this again. And I got to be honest with you, it, when they say it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a village to keep an adult healthy. Because if it wasn't for my friends, um, some of my family, I, I'm a slacker. And I'd still be slacking today. But I've got some women in my life who really love me. So what? And keep like, me what in do track. You do, what, what do you do differently now? Is it taking well, your medication? Well, so taking medication. Because I'll tell you, uh, my lipid lady told me 5% of my cholesterol is my food. 
and 95% mm -hmm. is my genetics. Um, when I first got out of the hospital two years ago, this week actually, I was starving myself. If I couldn't have a cheeseburger and french fries, I just wasn't going to eat. If I couldn't have soda and coffee with a shit ton of milk and sugar in it, I just wasn't going to drink. I mean, I really was unhappy. And when people would say to me, how are you? I went to therapy. I had to mourn the old me who died. You know, there was a new reborn mm -hmm. me. And, uh, and she would say, how are you? I'd say, I'm hungry. I'm unhappy. I'm hungry. And, and, you know, food was hard for me. Was I a social smoker? Absolutely. Easiest thing for me to give up. Not a problem. Cigarettes make me nauseous now. Uh, eating. I'm, I'm not even a big eater. So don't make me like overthink it now what I have to eat. You know, like eating was always a chore for me. I just do it because I have to. My body needs it. Let's move on. So to make me eat something I didn't like was even worse than you can imagine. So I don't really do the diet thing so much. I try more now because I'm doing it for the little one, but where I give her 1% milk, I'm still putting whole milk in mine because I'm just a bad patient. <laughs> but my <laughs> numbers are fantastic because I won't slack off on the medications because she told me if I stay on my regimen, I will not have another event for as long as I live. And that was music to my ears. Um, my husband does make me exercise a little bit more. I was definitely not the exercising type. Uh, we, we walk around the condo complex where we live. We have a pool. We swim in the summer. I was bike riding last year definitely trying to be more physically active yeah yeah and how um when you say like the women in your life that help you my co-workers who um, every day are like did you take your medication uh you're eating a little bit more than usual and that means you're slacking off on your medications and it's time to do your blood work <laughs> I mean honestly we are a family and I guess I scared one of the one in particular, I love her. She's looking at me, my boo-boo. <laughs> um, and, and, and I, you know, I love them. They got enough in their life. They don't need me to give them any grief, too. Yeah. Are you, do you work in a cardiology I don't. We're primary, we, we're primary care. Okay. But we've been together a long time, and then we blended with another office a year ago, and we just all belong together, honestly. It's a, yeah. it's a good environment to be around. Yeah. It's, and it seems like, um, I don't know, it seems like that maybe working in healthcare with people who understand healthcare. Yes, um, like, and, and they like get especially it. Especially helpful for someone with, yeah, with knowledge, yeah. Hypercholesterolemia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you see, um, I, I guess, what do you see, like, working in healthcare, how do you think that things could be different? to, to better well, identify other people with coverage with is always an issue. Um, you have to jump through hoops to get the correct medications to save people's lives. And I always say that if a PCSK9 inhibitor was around 40 years ago, I'd have a lot more family members probably still healthy and well and here. Um, so I just think medicine in general, insurances in general, they have to get on board with the fact that, you know, as a whole, as a society, we are developing confirmation of all these genetic issues and you don't want to pay for me to have open heart surgery down the line so pay for my injectable now you don't want my six-year-old to have to be having a heart attack when she's 20 something so pay for her to be on an injectable now I mean th that's honestly the issue I feel doctors nowadays are more and more on top of things the older ones obviously you know they're old school they're, they're not really out there learning new things and, and whatnot the reps have to really get out there and, and push it I just think that People need to be made more aware of this, whether it's commercials for your everyday patients to see, hey, your high cholesterol may not just be high cholesterol, you know, and, and, and labs. I was so excited when I saw the lab core picked it up on my daughter's blood work. It said, consider patient for FH genetic Dis, um, malformation or whatever based off of just her LDL and total alone and I said to the girls in the office this is fantastic do you know how many blood works I've had done my whole life that, that never would have put 
please consider FH. FH wasn't even a thing. So I think, yeah. in general, just awareness and coverage is really what we need to stay on top of it. We're not going to make it go away. But if we can help people early, that's where it is. You can live with it. You know, I used to be a speaker for Juxtapid through the snow uh-huh. companies for FH. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. And I, my, my, we were supposed to have like a tagline for the end. My tagline was always, I have FH, FH doesn't have me. I mean... I'm a normal person. I've got a little heart disease. I suffered a heart attack. I mean, when I tell patients, they're like, oh, my God, but how are you? I'm fine. There's nothing wrong with me anymore. I have a little bit of, yeah, I have some coronary artery disease. But FH isn't going to control my life. It can't. Yeah. And, you know, I saw a psychic one time, and this is going to sound silly, but she told me that, you know, your soul picks your body. So my soul must have been tough enough to handle this, (laughs) or she wouldn't have picked this body. Interesting. <laughs> I listen. I, whatever I can tell myself to make myself rock with it, we do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was just you're 33 now. So that was only two years yep, ago. Yep, two years ago, April 3rd. Yeah, pretty recent change. Um, what else should I be asking you about? Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Definitely early detection. People need to get out there, get their blood work done. Uh, you know then from there they could do genetic testing if not but everybody baseline should go cardio should have stress tests things like that it's just prevention 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 that's my thing early prevention and and knowledge and awareness of the disease like i can't spread it enough i i belong to the fh community they do a lot of things down in washington and 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 uh, the summit is every year it's just so hard for me with you know i have two jobs i have two kids i have a husband i have parents who are ill i it's i'm all over the map and they offer my family to go too but it's just it's so hard but one of these years i'm gonna get down there because it's just awareness i can't say it enough If you'd like to share your story, send an email to podcast at greatgenetics.com. The information contained in this podcast does not constitute medical advice and is also not a substitute for genetic counseling. Neither Great Genetics nor any of its guests makes any representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information contained in this podcast. Evaluation of an individual's personal and family health history is a crucial part of genetic counseling and any recommendations.